So let's get started. Welcome everyone to Des Moines and Dragons, another episode of Viking we have for you today. And without much preamble, we're going to jump right into the second part. The episode that's coming out is going to be in a different format than normal. So just buckle up and enjoy the soothing sounds of your cast. The Viking text scrolls across the screen again, and uh, where you expect to see the part two title card display, you see a the same MS-DOS green text display that says, uh, um, well, I guess maybe this is a good question to, to get out of the way right now for Locke. About how long before the events of episode one had you been with the crew? And you don't maybe need an exact date, but I guess just to get a feel of like how long before the events of episode one had you already been on the ship? I'm going to say that it was probably shy of a month, you know, within that three to four week window. Okay. Um, Because I think one of the things we were waiting on is to flush out the crews to make sure we had a medical officer. Uh Uh-huh. And we were waiting on lining that resource up. Okay. So we'll say, uh, so the title card reads one month earlier the blue lucy asteroid belt station kiro kaze k-i-r-o hyphen k-a-z-e kiro kaze and we watch as captain winger boozer uh the crew uh undo their belts from the various transporting um wherever they sit on the ship uh winger has given Everyone shore leave. Um, you had just completed a job and got a decent payout, so you guys can add to your uh, character sheets. Um, you guys have 500 creds of just uh, walking around money. And uh, he's given you, you know, the next next few weeks to just hang out and do whatever. And uh, Frankie, <laughs> we watches, you know, Albert and Boozer. Wenger, they all depart the ship and go about doing their own thing. And we're left in this uh, airlock (laughs) with Locke and Frankie standing next to each other um, as if to suggest uh, that you're stuck hanging out with Locke today. This is like one of the first, like after one of the first uh, jobs that you took with Locke. So you don't know much about him. Um, He's kind of a weirdo, and then I'll just let you guys take it from there. Hi. We haven't been able to spend much time together. Um, uh, I, so, you're Frankie, the pilot, right? I need cigarettes. Okay, I'll go. You're gonna, you're gonna go like that. What? I mean, I've got clothes on. That's a start. Well, you said you need cigarettes. I mean, I'll go with you. If okay. You need all right. All right. Let's go. Let's. That's fine. Just usually, when when we go off, when, when we have these bits of time to ourselves, you know, we we don't have to. We're not working for anybody right now. You don't have to wear your overalls. Oh. Um. Yeah, I don't really have. Well, I'm wearing this, so I'm just going to wear these for now. 
All right. <coughs> Maybe if you see anything you think I'd look cool in, you can tell me and I'll buy it. I got some flush pockets. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? All right. Let's go. Got paid. Patting my leg where clearly there's a wad of money. <laughs> Just a loose wad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> space money, space, space dollars. Space dollars. Uh, yeah, so you guys uh, depart the ship, I presume, head mm-hmm. head into the Kirokaze station. So the station itself is a large cylinder um, that uses rotational force to create artificial gravity. And uh, it's, it's divided into three sections. You're at the top section, the larger section called the can, and you uh, go through the airlock of the ship and head into the main uh, port of the station. There are uh, a couple guards that are standing with tape together. They look, this place looks run down. Run down is putting it nicely. This place has uh, cables that are hanging that have uh, like mucked up black oil still stuck on them. There's uh, vents that have been welded several times, and there's different patchwork of metal all over this, uh, this large area where ships would come into dock. And the guards look to be in about the same sort of shape as the rest of the station. They're wearing, uh, it looks like clothing that has been put together from different, uh, uh, different materials and different uh, makers. So there's uh, one of them has a shoulder pauldron that's very clearly like an old UCC uh, army uh, body wear. But on his like abdomen is this old policeman's like uh, bulletproof vest. So they've just got this patchwork of clothes that makes it difficult to note that they're actually the guards, except that they wear these very bright red helmets with a single yellow star um, uh, at the center of them. And they see you disembark from the airlock and uh, walk over to you both. You see that Winger, Albert, and the rest of the crew have already passed these guys and are making their way towards the uh, main uh, rotunda of the station. Can I ask you a question and clarify yeah, something? Yeah, yep. And I apologize if this causes confusion. Nope, that's But fine. you mentioned Albert. I thought he was not quite part of the crew yet or was not on the ship yet. Are you talking about Dr. Kwong? Yes. Yeah, so Albert, Albert was a part of the crew. Cause I think you were the most recent addition okay, to the crew. Right. So I would, I would amend my statement that I had joined the crew about a month before and we've done some odd jobs since and whatever. Apologies. So, that got meant, a little. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure cause I didn't want to have misconceptions. So. No, that's good. That not a big deal. I'm glad we cleared that up. So the two, the two guards approach, and uh, one of them carries an assault rifle with just a, uh, like a, almost, instead of an actual sling, it's, it's just a piece of cordage that's tied to the hooks on the gun that's around his middle, midsection. The other guy carries around in a very old-looking compad that has an actual uh, paper, um, like, you know, those old calculators that would do the, they'd have like yeah, a piece the of receipt paper. Yeah, oh, the, uh, yeah, counting yeah. calculators. Yeah. yeah. He's, it's got like that on the side and it's this bulky thing. And he approaches you and uh, uh, he's got a crappy name tag sewn on his uniform that says Taser. Hmm. Uh, it's a uh, dock and fee to uh, park this thing here. I'm going to, uh, 100 creds. 
from each of you? Oh, it's not my ship. Oh, but it's uh, if you're going to be using the uh, uh, station's facilities, I'm going to have to uh, ask for uh, uh, 100 credits for the... This is really for your security. You, I you didn't are. see you take 100 credits from the three gentlemen who just walked through here. He uh, looks over at his friend that's standing there with the gun, kind of adjusts his uh, shoulders, and looks back at you, Frankie. Ma'am, well, this is a... Uh, oxygen is rationed here on this station, so 100 creds and I get you an oxygen stick. Uh, if you don't pay for it here, you're just going to have to pay for it in there, and it's going to be much more expensive. Mm-hmm. So I suggest you take what I'm offering you here at 100 creds. Frankie lights a cigarette. You interested? I uh, he looks at Locke. Sorry, I Locke is just kind of staring at the situation, kind of doe-eyed. Um, well, I've got, and I start pulling out some money, and it's like Locke. I, I, this is not this. I'm sorry, Locke. These gentlemen are trying to scam us. Put your money away. Oh, so this is a sh- one of those shakedowns I hear about, right? That's right, Locke. Oh, okay. Well, oh, well. Isn't that right, Taser? Well, if Taser, if you if you all aren't interested in the uh, the wares we're offering, then uh, I suppose I'll just have to let you go on your way. <clears throat> All right. Well, hey, thank thanks, Frankie. And the two guys uh, turn around and walk back towards. Uh, there's a small metal table that has a couple chairs at it, and you see that they've got uh, uh, drinks set there, and they're um, head back to where they were stationed. Before. Do you even think those guys are part of the? What is that? A guard? What is that? They're they're just trying to make a quick buck, hmm. cashing in on folks who just got done. Roaming the the wide open spaces and are coming in for coming in hot for a burger. That's right. Coming in hot for a space burger. Speaking of that, I'm pretty hungry. After you get cigarettes, can you want to get a get a burger? I'll buy you a burger if they got them. That sounds fun. All right, let's go. You guys make your way into. I'm kind of excited to be on the space station. You uh, pass through the main... uh, Really accommodating people here. (laughs) Through the main doors into the station at large, and it's uh, a very narrow and cramped space. There's people that are... Like, it's as packed as a New York City street, and there's people just, like, moving in between each other, and the bulkheads to this place are, like... They're maybe a foot shorter than the ceiling in in a room you may be... Uh, occupied inside it's uh it's meant to feel cramped and claustrophobic Mm. the walls again are they're all really dirty the smell hits you immediately of just human waste and body odor and it's uh, very unpleasant second thought i don't know that i want to have a burger anymore uh the captain always brings us to the nicest places don't you think yeah, I guess you could put it that way. Well, I imagine it costs a lot of money to run a ship, but... Mm. I'm sure Winger has his ways. Right. 
Well, uh, let's get you. Are you sure you even need to smoke? I'm, I think the air in here is bad enough that that might just like suffice. Um, well, this, maybe actually if you smoke, it might may improve it. That's so. what I'm, that's what I think. You know, yeah. This, the smell on this station really reminds me of home and, uh, that makes me want to have a cigarette. Well, I think we got to get you a pack, a fresh pack of space smokes. Walking through the corridors, you see there are, um, along the bulkhead, like a bazaar or an indoor marketplace, there's just like stalls that have been set up in corridors and turned into shops. And there are crappy, poorly lit neon signs that stick out from the individual corridors. And most of it is in uh, uh, like ethnic Chinese and there's um, some Japanese. And it looks like this station at its origination was built by uh, a Chinese um, corpo because the bulkheads that are not covered in grime or uh, covered in uh, people's storefronts uh, have like Chinese lettering and this must have been a Chinese station at some point. Okay. The, uh, the there is a uh, a vendor that has just like one of those walk up uh, uh, storefronts and he's got a bunch of like paper leaflets in front. He's got small vid cards and tapes of very old uh, movies and uh, video, uh, videotapes, videotapes, tapes, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, the video TV tapes. <laughs> and uh, he's a, uh, an augmented looking man. He's got uh, like half of his face is burnt fleshy skin. And you, you, you note that there are, um, his eye is missing. And what has replaced it is a small uh, metal piece of metal with circuitry and wires coming out of it. And he is uh, standing conversing with another patron as you approach. Excuse me. Oh, hello. Uh, Welcome. Uh, My name is uh, Barbosa. Cigarettes? Cigarettes for the lady? Why, yes. Uh, Would you like menthol? Would you like non-menthol? Would you like barbecue flavor? Would you like... uh, a fish and chip? Would you like a... Uh, yes. Wait, uh, which cigarette would the lady like? Whatever's cheapest. Very good. And he uh, reaches behind himself and grabs uh, a red pack of Space Marlboros and puts them out in front of you. Uh, two credits for the lady, please. Could I get three more packs of those? Oh, my dear, would be delighted. He reaches back and grabs a few more and stacks them on top of the on top of the first pack he puts there and pushes them towards you and says, uh, uh, now, if you would be so kind, he reaches out expectantly for your uh, credits. I hand him more than what it costs. He uh, very noticeably smiles at this and takes the... Uh, I guess he would take like uh, you would give him like a cred stick and he would run it and it would just subtract like a gift card or one of those prepaid yeah. MasterCards yeah. and subtract the the total amount from it. Hands it back to you, and he says, uh, "I, uh, you look familiar for some reason. I uh, can't put my uh, can't put my finger on it, but uh, have you not have you been on Kirokaze before?" 
Uh, only stopped over once or twice. We don't uh, ever stick around very long. Ah, uh, that uh, you just have a familiar face. It is uh, a delightful face, I do say. And uh, uh, if there's anything that else you would require a place to stay, perhaps, I would offer uh, a room for one such as yourself. Well, I'm not on my own. Uh, you'd have to... Oh, and he looks at Locke. I see. Very well, I am interested. I don't He would have to watch, but... I don't think that you're... Uh, uh, we aren't selling what you're looking for, sir. I'm just going to take my cigarettes and now, and we're going to get on out of here. Uh, thank you. You're welcome, Frankie. How did you... How do you- how do you know how do you know Frankie's name? He just uh smiles and nods his head. Take care of yourselves. Kirokaze station is a uh can be a dangerous place. Is that a threat? No, no, not a threat. It is a a friend warning another friend of the danger that one may find themselves in should they walk around unprepared, unknowing. Locke, we need to get out of here. That sounds like a threat. Locke, are you still hungry? Yeah. Let's go get a bite to eat then. All right. And he he, uh, creepily... Why is this guy threatening you as we're walking away? Why is this guy threatening you? I don't... It wasn't a threat. It's just Eh. different people on different stations. Nice. I watched that happen. So, I just watched Paul dump truly all down the front of himself. So, hey. <laughs> um, different people from different stations. So, like, everybody's trying to take advantage of everybody on this station. Okay. That makes sense. That's not how it is on at every station in the belt, okay? Are you from here? Um, The Are belt? You? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, more or less. I mean, isn't everybody kind of from, you know... Everybody's from the belt and nobody's from the belt. Right. Right. Look, there's a burger joint. You want in? Yeah, I'll get you a burger. I just... guy creeped me out. I didn't know what the fuck he was talking... Watch us? Like, what does he mean? We're going to play, like... Is he watching us right now? You sure ask a lot of questions. Sometimes you just have to take something at face value and move on. Fair enough. Let's go get a Berg. Space Berg. Rounding another corridor and down uh, more bulkheads full of crowded, uh, crunched humanity forced together against their will, uh, walking past each other, brushing up, and you come to a burger joint that serves a protein mash burger, and it's just like this gross white powder that they uh, add water to and compress really quick and put it in between like this uh, like wheat meal thing wafer. And uh, it's like one of those, uh, like a noodle bar almost Mm -hmm. where they're like, it's just like a uh, bench and then a, a table up front and there's a few empty spaces. So you both sit up and order some food. What's the uh what's the mood like? Like what is uh what's it like coming to a new place? Um like how often do you go to new places like this and I mean you've been sh- 
been to stations and tried to be shaked down for money and had weird interactions with merchants. So does Frankie think anything of it? Frankie's pretty used to it. Um, Because she grew up in the belt. She grew up in a place like this. So she kind of the, the similar interaction where she's kind of used to people like knowing things about her that maybe people shouldn't, but you know, somebody knowing her name isn't the most like unrealistic thing that could happen to her. Uh, but she's very aware of her surroundings and what's going on. Frankie knows where every exit is um, in a place like this, or she, or she tries to make herself aware of how she can get out. But she likes her free time, and she, like I said, grew up in a place like this, so she's used to it, mm-hmm. and this feels very comfortable for her. Um, so Locke, you know... <laughs> Everything is new. <laughs> yeah, well, like, that's right. There was, like, this is kind of a kind of an interestingly cool experience. However, quickly coming to realize that most people... The impression uh-huh. is that everybody on this station is a piece of shit now, mm-hmm. right? It's like... Hey, here's a group of strangers. Oh, they tried to shake us down. Oh, here's a, gr- a stranger that really creeped us out and knows this person's name and offhandedly threatened this person that I know. Um, so um, kind of looking at things now with a little bit more jaded sense of things, but I'm, but I'm still excited to be in a place that I haven't been before. And, um, you know, here with Charity who's running across getting a blanket. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm just kind of full of my regular boyish charm, I guess. Um, and so we go up to the stall and, uh, I actually pull out the stool for, for Frankie. Oh, perfect. Um, and then Frankie sits down and then I kind of join and then I kind of lean forward on the, on the, you know, because I imagine basically there's this like cooktop kind of situation where the yep. food's being prepared there. There's the person that you're is making the food is also the one you're interacting with to buy. Yep. And I, I just lean forward and I say, three bergs, three space bergs, three space burgers, three burgers, please. Uh, three. Is three. Uh, just, I just want. No. Some fries. I don't. I don't. I know that it's not right. real meat. Some fries but and a the, burg. I don't eat meat, and I know that it's not real, but the sentiment is still real. I'll just have some fries. So order of fries. Order of two, two, two orders of fries total and three bergs. Great. And he turns around and begins like putting like putting the the food together for you all and you sitting there quietly uh, the sounds of him cooking with uh behind you just the the loud just uh there's no specific words you can pick out but just the sounds of a new york city street behind you um of you can't make out individual words but just the sounds of people talking and moving uh the there's a two people on either side of you so there's six there's six stools and you guys uh, are at the middle too, um, and the the two folks on either side of you um, get up and leave. Okay, so I look over at at, at Frankie. Hey, uh, I just want to say I'm sorry that you. I know that 
you probably didn't want to have to babysit me or anything. I can handle myself, if, but I appreciate you going walking around with me. I haven't had a chance to meet very many people on the ship. We've been so busy with that last job that I've been kind of stuck, you know, trying to trying to learn the ins and outs of the ship and all. But um, but you know, I know what people think of me. I get it, but I appreciate you coming out. What do you think people think of you, Locke? Oh, well, I'm weird. Well, you are kind of weird. Yeah, I guess. I mean, isn't everybody? I mean, you think that guy looks fucking normal? And I pointed at this dude, and he's got like a... He's actually kind of somebody who's clearly had genetics done. So he's like kind of got like more shielding on his face and stuff. Maybe he's a welder. So he's got like kind of thicker like bone structure on his face and stuff. I'm like, he looks kind of weird to me, but... I'm sure he serves a good purpose here. I grew up on a station that had a a big hospital on it. I've seen probably everything you could imagine. So being here, being in a place like this doesn't really bother me. I don't, I don't, I don't think about these people at all. So you're saying that even though people think I'm weird, you may not think I'm complete weirdo? Yeah, I guess. Well, I'll take that. But you are kind of weird. I guess thanks. I don't know how to... What the fuck would I say to that? On Here's your french fries. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Yeah, the, the uh, man cooking the food turns and hands your food to you. And... Uh, you you go to pick up hot, uh, mushy, greasy, uh, like starch, uh, starch rectangles. They're just like <laughs> like again, they're not potatoes. They just took like raw in like the literal building blocks of those things and just pressed them into uniform, like long rectangles, and or no cubes. Is a rectangle is a two dimensional shape. I'm not going to do geometry on the podcast. Never mind. A rectangular prism? Yes. They are long rectangular prisms. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, find out more. Uh, sign up to take my geometry classes with me <laughs> at the Des Moines and Dragons website. Um, It'll be a campaign of searching for the sacred, uh, the sacred geometry. Sacred quadrilateral. Yeah. Frankie, uh, you feel a strong gripped hand uh, grab your shoulder as a uh, tall, uh, dark complected woman with big frizzy hair and uh, several black face tattoos sits right next to you, sits right next to you, grabs you on the shoulder, sits down next to you and steeples her hands (laughs) and just sits quietly, doesn't acknowledge you other than the, the hand on your shoulder. I turn so that my like my shoulders are. I, I turn so I'm now looking, almost sitting f- directly facing Locke. And I'm eating. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in the second burg at this point. <laughs> like kind of ravenous eater. Um, and I kind of notice that she shifted, and I look. Is the is there a hand still on the shoulder or did no, she no, no. I'm shrug she, it off? She 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 kind of sat down, used her to get okay. Yeah, and then like, sat. And I'm like now self conscious about my eating, and I'm like, um, what? Oh, uh, what? Can I help? Um, 
Okay. So I kind of start, I turn myself away from her <laughs> while I'm eating because it's like, I'm like, and, and I, and I like, and she thinks in my head, I, and she says I'm weird and I'm <laughs> eating my burger and I'm kind of looking over my shoulder at her as she's turned towards me. So I turn, that happens, and I turn back. Now I'm facing the counter, and I steeple my hands in the same way that this woman has hers. Didn't think I'd see you for a long time. It's funny how fortune has a way of having people meet when they least expect I wasn't sure if you'd recognize me at all. So, you probably know why I'm here then? I have a guess. No, but no, you go ahead. You go ahead and tell me. Well, uh, I don't think it would be appropriate to discuss amongst... And she motions to look at Locke, who is... uh, like turned away and is is that right you're still like turned away just eating this food <laughs> yep yep he's not any threat <laughs> i i i see that but uh wandering ears you wouldn't want uh i guarantee whatever you have to say to me will not make a lick of sense to this boy well uh you'll be happy to know that uh mr bailey's still alive How is that possible? The how is uh, not important. What is important is that he is very excited to see you here today. Is that so? That is. Then why did he send you? Uh, Because Mr. Bailey doesn't do anything unless he has to. I know the very intricate workings of Mr. Bailey. Believe me. I just uh, figured he would pick somebody with a little bit, well, never mind. Listen, uh, as much as it goes against my desire to work with you, uh, Mr. Bailey has informed me that uh, you are actually a relatively useful pilot. And there are, Mr. Bailey has needs for someone of your skill set, and... I think, and he thinks as well, that uh, were you to render your services for us, that certain things that had transpired between you and Mr. Bailey in the past could be forgiven. Is that what he wants? That's why he sent me here. You know that what happened... And the decision that I had to make was not something that I wanted to do. It it wasn't something easy that I had to deal with. I'm sure you and Mr. Bailey can work. Why do you keep calling him that? He's in charge now. What happened to the... Jesus. Yeah. He's running things now, so... I think it's best you recognize what it is he's asking of you and understand that there's not a lot of option for you in this. Well, I got a job. I got a ship, and I I can't just walk away from that. 
this job <laughs> doesn't even require you to leave the station, or at least the station's gravity well. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Where is he? He said that you would want to see him, and he advised me that he's not interested in having a face-to-face with you until you do what it is he needs you to do. Make it up to him. You already (laughs) fucked him over once. Don't leave him in a lurch again. I would not call what I did to him fucking him over. There are things that we learn in the life that we lead that we, there are decisions that we have to make. Mm-hmm. This and is I true. think that of all people... You're a belter. You're a survivor. It, no one holds it against you. But Mr. Bailey is in a position of power now, and this opportunity could not be more perfect for us. He really doesn't want to see me? Not yet. Not until you do what it is he needs you to do. What do you want? What does he want me to do? How did... How did y'all even know I was here? The guys that you didn't uh, pay the docking fee for, uh, they work for him. Of course. So... I saw that UCC label on there. I sh- Mm-hmm. So... Tell you what, I'm just going to tell you what it is you're going to do, and you can talk it over with uh, your lover, wh- whoever this is. Don't. Uh, my name's Locke. And I say that over <laughs> my burger eating. <laughs> you can have uh, a discussion about how you want to, this to go with uh, Locke here, but uh, uh, we're going to need you to fly in a piece of cargo a bit under the radar. You're going to have to be more specific than that. Here. She hands you a, uh, uh, a sheet of paper. Um, the sh- sheet of paper has um, some information on it. It's got a uh, location of a ship. Uh, Mr. Bailey is going to need you to get onto this ship and uh, fly it into uh, Kirokaze Station. Ain't nobody going to bother me when I bring this ship in? Mm. Those monkeys who tried to shake me down earlier? Oh, no. It's before you get to the station that you're going to have to worry. The particular contents of the ship are problematic. And certain security elements of the station. And What kind of problematic? I How think- much? It's, uh, its value is difficult to measure in terms of credits. Do you know how long that I worked with Mr. Bailey? Oh, he... Doing shit like this all the time? Mm-hmm. Give me a number. I mean, we'll just say for the sake of argument that it's about five million credits worth of something. Okay. And uh, we need a pilot of particular caliber to do this and one just happened to fall into our lap today and Mr. Bailey has made it very clear that you would be perfect for this job. I'm sure he did. He has uh, he, he has given me authority that uh, if you complete this task for us that all will be forgiven. 
everything? Mm-hmm. His words, not mine. I'd really like it if I could hear those words coming out of his mouth, mm, but... Uh, if wishes were fishes, my dear. <laughs> what time? I'm assuming he wants it done sooner rather than later. Yes. Uh, you can meet our men in the... Uh, the west side airlock and they will provide you with uh, transportation to the ship in question. Who's on the ship? Who's on the ship? Mm-hmm. No one. All right. Let me talk it over with my business partner. Oh, that's what he is? Ugh. All right. Well, you know where our men will be, so uh, I guess we'll... Catch up with you later. Frankie, it's really good to see you again. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. She uh, gets up and uh, claps you on the shoulder a couple good times and uh, looks at you, Locke, and grins. You can see her teeth are all metal. Like, she's just got, like, these fanged, inserted teeth of chrome steel and walks and disappears into the bustling crowd. As she's looking at me and Frankie is kind of not... I kind of look at her as I eat, and, I, and like my demeanor changes, like gets like really just kind of blank and and whatever. And I give her a wink, and then I uh, finish off my burger. <clears throat> Frankie lights a cigarette. Wow. What? Nothing. I mean, why don't you tell me what's going on? I like to. I get bored real easily, and I like to have little jobs that I can do on each station that we come to. I know this belt like the back of my hand, and I just happen to be trying to cash in on a on a job. Do you have any interest in helping me out? Sure. Wad up napkin, put it on, slide the plate forward. What's the what's the score? We are. I, going- I think that's what they say, right? Right. All we got to do is get to a ship. I got to fly the ship into this docking station, and then we walk away. I. We're not getting paid in credits for this job. It's. Something, it's a favor. Okay, you can owe me. That's fine. That's fair. Let's go. And she's up and out. Okay. <clears throat> so you had to As work. we are leaving, I kind of reach back and grab a couple of the fries that she didn't eat, and I'm like <laughs> shoving them in my mouth as we're walking away. Excellent. And you head towards where she said that there the would West be... West airlock? Yep. And walking through again, pressing yourselves in between this just mess of people, you work your way to the other side of the can. Again, the can is the thicker top part of the station. And the uh, eventually you get to the basically the opposite side of where your ship is parked, this other uh, port. There are men that are standing. Um, one of them has a... Uh, gun at his hip. Uh, the other has a um, looks like he's got a helmet with a 
like the Google glass, like a little heads up display thing in front of mm-hmm. one of his eyes. And uh, as you walk down the round the corner down the airlock, they both notice that you have come around this corner. And this is way less packed in than the other portions of the station. There's just maybe six or seven people that are milling about in this corridor. And uh, you see that one of them goes up to a helmet and says something into his uh, into his head heads uh, headset as you approach. Uh, they they also have like the red helmets with the yellow star at the center. Mm-hmm. I walk right past him. Hey, uh, Frankie. What? Uh, uh, we're the ones that are going to be meeting you. Oh fuck! I, under my breath, <laughs> I really quiet. I'd say that. Well, then we better get a move on. You know, Mr. Bailey doesn't like to be kept waiting. Right. Uh, Follow me. And he uh, turns, and there's a sealed bulkhead door, and he takes a gross, like, oily covered and and muck-covered little ID badge and slides it in front of the door's um, access panel, and the red light turns to green, and and the door slides open. You get access to like a basically a service way that is not a part of like these main corridors it's to access all the different parts of like life support and various mechanical portions of the ship think like the tubes in star wars like the really cramped service tunnels and kind of wind and meander your way through here and work your way into a uh small uh another small what would you call it like a uh like a dock yeah, it'd be another smaller dock similar to where your ship is parked. And before you is a single small shuttlecraft, holds about 10 people maybe. Uh, it's a real rust bucket, junky looking ship. You see there's dents all over it from micrometeorites hitting it. Um, the engines have, like, the heat from the engines have burned the ends of the engines, like that chrome uh rainbow colored mm-hmm. oh yeah that yeah, like metal blue, gets gray, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so this thing has seen some shit and uh the the guy that was escorting you the, 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 there it is do i recognize this ship at all Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. this looks yeah i mean all of your pilot intuition says that uh this thing is a real hunk of shit yeah. can't say i'm surprised all I got to do is take this ship to the ship outside this station's gravity well. Y- y- yes. Uh, this ship looks like a f- piece of shit. We're all aware of how it looks, Locke. It is a p- piece of shit. Y- well, outside the g- gravity well, yes. And then? F- further. How much further? It was a half-day flight. And then I got to drive the other ship all the way back mm-hmm. to this dock. And one of you is going to drive this hunk of junk back to this dock? Or how are we... What's the... D- d- don't worry about th- this one. I don't leave any of the pieces of my job uh, unresolved. What's going to happen to this ship? We may re- recover it in a few weeks. It's a lot of asteroid activity out there so it's dangerous to fly this back right now all right 
I just don't want to leave any evidence. No worries. All right, let's load in. Here you go. And he hands you a set of keys. And on the keys is a little, uh, uh, a belter Santa Claus who is in just like red and white uh, coveralls. And he's holding a wrench and is carrying um, uh, an, uh, oxygen tanks. Good. That's what he gives to the belter kids. Oxygen. Oxygen. Yeah. All is right. Belter or Troid? Troid folk, belter. It's, okay. Yeah. It's inter- all interchangeable? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Troid kin, Troid folk, kind of depends. The tr- the Troid gnomer is like more of like the redneck part of space. Okay. And the belter is more of like the dirty, slummy, okay. uh, metropolitan okay. part of the asteroid belt. Uh, so yeah, he gives you the keys. We go in. Great. <clears throat> so yeah, the ship is a real hunk of shit. Um, Frankie, why don't you describe a little bit of what the inside looks like? So use your imagination. Yeah. So the, the bridge where the pilot and the captain would sit Mm -hmm. very, very small, like the inside of a car, um, really tight together. And there's just one seat in the back and all the seats are like gross. The, the, they're, they've got like oil or some kind of stains or something on them and they're all ripped up. And the and the foam is coming out. Yeah. The seat that sits like in like a triangle behind the pilot in the captain's chair has like a spring out, so nobody could actually sit there. Uh huh. And the interface, the computers and stuff are like so 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 dated and old. There's no form of a uh, type of like computer system that could like talk to you. I don't, I don't want to say AI because there's not any AI, but no like right. smart system Yeah, the, it, at all. It's like, you know, could a calculator uh, like surf the internet? Right. No, no. it's no. the same thing. The yeah. ship is more or less like a calculator versus a modern ship, which is more like a computer. Yes, that is a great way to describe this. Like there's probably somewhere on here where it says boobs. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yes. In like scratched into the paint. Yeah. Could we... Just for We're our just collective eight zero zero eight. The inside of the cockpit looks like the inside of the bathroom at Java Joe's. <laughs> There's just graffiti yep. and like just like people have used this for similar reasons probably and yeah. have just made it there anyway. Yeah. Yep. So you get in. It says in one section it says Jesus saves and takes half damage. <laughs> Another little D and D joke there for everybody. Jesus saves, but uh, Satan yeah. does that t- thing with his tongue that you like. Right. That's my favorite piece of graffiti. It's in the green room at Vaudeville Muse. It's the best. Jesus saves, but Satan does that thing with his tongue that you like. That's so good. Sorry, it I want that on a t-shirt. It is good. That's why Satan likes it. Yeah. Or That's wait, or like I like it because Satan does it. Satan does it. Satan does it to me. Yeah. Yeah. He does it to all of us. <laughs> cool. That's why he's nice. Yeah. All right. A giver. All right. And so we're, Frankie comes in, she sits down and, and kind of like blows a whole level of dust off of the, all the piloting mechanisms and, and levers and pulleys and thrusters and rolling pulleys. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, starts her up. Great. 
you and turning this thing on is a very manual process yeah. where even the blue lucy which is kind of a junk bucket mm-hmm. it is nowhere near like the manual process that this thing is you have to like prime one of the engines by moving a thruster back and forth yeah. and and you're using like both your arms and a leg to start this thing <laughs> yeah for sure for sure <laughs> and finally you hear the click 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 and the the engines turn over and you hear the hum of the um, fusion drive engines in the back and the thing oh. the thing has power and you are free to f- fly it out we're gonna do that great so you take this thing off and follow the uh, floating lights um, outside the station that guide you out of this shipping lane, this unobstructed mm-hmm. shipping lane that has no asteroids or anything in it right now. Um, take this thing and fly it out. And what... Uh, so it's going to be about six hours of travel to get to where this other ship is. What does Frankie do and what does Locke do to pass the time? Frankie, uh, so is just is it four of us on here or is it two of us? Oh, I'm sorry. It is just you two. Oh, it's just the two of us. The other two monkeys stay yeah, they, behind. Yep. Okay. Oh. So what's the what does the makeup of the ship look like other than the cabin? Is there like a centralized I don't know, like a what what is what does this ship look like it's designed for? Is yeah, it like yeah. a, is it basically a, a, a just literally shuttling people? Or is it a slight small cargo van kind of thing or what? Yeah, it's basically like a space cargo van. Okay. So uh, you've got um, the cockpit area that Charity described. And behind that, through like a small door, is the large like cargo area where there are seats set up where uh, about uh, 8 to 12 people could sit. But uh, half of the seats have been removed, and there is uh, like it, there is room for cargo that could be perceivably placed back here. It's maybe the size of a really really big U-Haul um, for a space, and for a spaceship that's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So um, there's like cargo netting hanging from the ceiling. Right. And right. Yeah, yeah. There's all that yeah, good stuff. Totally have the vibe. Um, so while Frankie is piloting and getting used to the ship while I have some time, um, <laughs> I'm very I'm very comfortable in zero G. Mm-hmm. Um, either known to the crew or not, probably not. Um, I'm actually kind of digging around in the back of the ship, utilizing, you know, I kind of have an idea where people might stash shit or hide things inside of ships like this. Um, so I'm kind of doing, I'm just kind of digging around, seeing what I can find, but very, very quietly. Sure. I'll need you to roll scavenging okay. using intellect. <laughs> I said it like that. Using I don't know. Intellect. Show me what you got. Oh, well, that's <laughs> a horrible roll. So yeah, I fail that. Is that a critical fail? It is not, but it's about as close as you get. It's two away from the worst you can roll. Oh, excellent. So yeah, you you don't find... In fact, you stick your hand in between a seat and think you feel like something and pull your hand out and it's like an old sucker that is now like super stuck to your finger. It's really gross. 
All right, so I pry that off and I try to put it back. <laughs> um, so I look around and I try a couple of different places, but I don't really have any success in relation to what I think is going to happen. Um, so old sucker, <laughs> I uh, float my ass towards the front of the ship and I plop myself down very comfortably in the captain's chair next to the pilot's chair. And I put my feet up on the dash and I buckle myself in and I look over and I say, so here we are. Here we are. We got about mm, probably five hours left here. I think I finally got the hang of how this ship works. She's a rough one. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a kind of looks like a pan full of smashed assholes. It's a very fine metaphor. Oh, it's something my grandpa used to say. Hmm. Yeah, he... I feel like your grandpa and my grandpa might get along. Yeah, there was this, uh, there was this girl I, uh, well, I took, this girl asked me to a dance, you know, in school once, and he said that she was so ugly, it looked like somebody stapled a stake to her face and ran her through a hungry town. That's horrible, Locke. Why did you let her take you to the dance? She asked me. I Nobody else did. You need to learn to say no. Right. And I kind of look away <laughs> and look out the window and I look at the ship. Uh, you know, oh, look at this. Gosh, kind of stars look nice. We, the camera pulls back uh, outside of the cockpit and the... A uh, junk, junky rust bucket ship gets smaller and smaller as the camera zooms further and further out. And it, it zooms far ahead f- of the ship and the stars pass by in that quick, fast motion that uh, TV and movie shows do and eventually come to rest on this ship that is tucked onto the surface of an asteroid and the asteroid is spinning and tumbling all around in space and all around it is just this uh, meteor storm of uh, comets and, and meteors passing through this uh, this part of space. And the scene then fades to black. And that's where we end part two. So Whoa. stick around and find out if Frankie dies and the current day Frankie is just a replicant shell. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back we'll be with right more back. Viking. <laughs> 